0: Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. This is your host, Light, the Lightfinger Thief, and here I'm joined by Logar. Hello, I am Logar, the Barbarian. But you are also Logar, the Dungeon Master. Game Master. Oh no. The Castle Keeper. The Time
1: Master. (laughs) The Time Master,
0: or Time Lord,
1: perhaps? (laughs) I regenerate.
0: You regenerate in in many different forms. (laughs) So, Logar, obviously, you've uh, game mastered many different games and systems. And we've played a lot of different style games. Some, some games have very thick core books with rules, and some of them are rules light. So what have been some of your favorite homebrew or house rules that you've run for some of your games and systems that you have?
1: Well, I think the one that has been most consistent in the last couple of years has been using group initiative in combat. And I tend to gravitate towards systems that allow for that without breaking the game too much. So some of the more complex modern versions of the fantasy role-playing game kind of rely heavily on a division of of actions and and stuff like that, as well as bonuses for combat that make having a more complex combat system and it makes it difficult to do something like that. And those, you start to break the game. So I tend to lean towards games that are amicable towards that. Cause I like the group initiative. It makes combat faster, more interesting. No, the biggest one we do.
0: Yeah. I think you're, I agree. I would say the group initiative is probably the biggest one that we do across all of our games. Um, especially when we're playing online, because yeah. uh, if you're online, it's pretty tricky. If you're in person, you could do like a, you know, whatever Savage words. I think they draw like playing cards or whatever it is. So if you're in person, you know, it's a little bit easier to see visually, I guess, or if maybe using Roach 1. I
1: don't, I don't think it's been any easier online as in person. In fact, I've only, I don't like doing, like I ran a Pathfinder campaign where we did individual initiative. And my goodness, that took a lot and when I discovered doing individual or group initiative, it, it it really took away from a lot of the bookkeeping right and stuff like that going on. And, and it was easier sitting at the table saying, okay, the pointing around the table and everybody could see physically where they're sitting as opposed to online where you're not necessarily sitting by each other,
0: responding. Not, to that. not physically <laughs> in the same order. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we're just all like a uh, Brady Bunch windows.
1: <laughs> yeah. So sometimes those windows I think pop up in different, different orders. configurations yeah. depending on what app you're using to game at times right. so it gets a little confusing for me online more so than in person so i think yeah. that's the biggest one i have like i think my other one that i use that i use in my games is that kind of weird little easy quick luck roll when people ask about things i'll have them roll a 20 if it's higher or low i'll have them roll higher low under it right to see if whatever they're asking me is there um, are there any house rules that you use regularly when you're running?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I like using it would be equivalent of like a hero point or fate point or inspiration points, I guess, depending what mm-hmm. system or genre that you use. So some systems do have that mechanic built in. So like Five E has whatever inspiration points, Fate has fate points. So I do like using that concept. I think uh, Savage Words uses Benny's. Mm-hmm. Um and and there's I don't know if Palladium has an equivalent to hero points or no, fate points I've or... never
1: seen anything like that in Palladium.
0: Um but anyway, so I like using that in the game if it's not already built in as part of it. Yeah. So um I think that allows players to have an out if some bad shit really happens. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've not done a lot with that except outside of using them when you run your games, to be honest, is the time I've done that the most.
0: Right. So I like them just because, you know, it, it makes it a little bit more amusing in narrative. If you say, okay, I'm going to spend whatever a hero point, fate point, inspiration point. Well, describe to me what crazy shit you want to do with this <laughs> hero point. So
1: I, I think that so I've been playing for a while. Yep. And I think that most games that I play are heavily house ruled, even if it's not like this is the explicit house rule. Like early on coming into gaming, I didn't understand a lot of the rules a lot of the time. So we kind of house ruled it just to get started.
0: Right. <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, you don't want to read through like a 900 page book. So you're like, "Uh, oh, we'll just get started with what we're familiar with and go from there. Yeah. So, um, I have a question for you, Logar, then. So, obviously, we've played a lot of different systems. We play mostly OSR systems, which tends to be a little bit more lethal. So, how do you handle characters that hit zero hit points or health points?
1: I think that depends on the game that we're playing.
0: So, do you follow the core rules that we're playing or do you go with a house rule when characters hit zero
1: i think that depends on the game that i'm playing sometimes <laughs> i will just follow the core rule of that game um and if i feel that they, i usually give them a little more than that i usually give them a little bit of, of a flexibility and i've done it different ways for different systems so i can't say i have one way universally that i've ever been like this is the way i handle that I've tried it a lot of ways and done it a lot of ways. And depending on the system I'm running, that's what I've done. I usually tend to look for that system's resolution when I'm doing it. Although sometimes I just kind of hand wave, it, like you hit zero. Oh no, you're KO'd. Can someone revive you in time or heal you in time? Right. If not, you might die. <laughs> I have done the, the deals sometimes where it's like 10 under in some systems yep. that you hit or you're your constitution, negative your constitution, I've done sometimes I've just done zero hit points is dead.
0: Zero is dead then.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't have a specific way that I that I always do it. I will say that there are some additions out there that are a little too lenient on the death.
0: I would agree. Like five, <laughs> I have those <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's like, oh, I don't know about that. There's I and, and I've said before, I like uh, I like character death as a thing to have in your game.
0: But, well, you, you, to have the threat of uh, potential for character death. Yes, yes.
1: and I because I feel that first off, if if death is on the table, a lot of folks are less likely to just jump to fighting whatever's out there.
0: Well, sure, you know, if you're a bunch of first-level characters, you walk in and you see a gigantic dragon, what are you going to do? Run away or fight it? Probably run away because there's a good chance it's going to be a TPK.
1: <laughs> I, I, prefer a, I prefer a different option. I prefer to see... Uh, players who try to do things besides just run away or fight and and when the threat of death is there people tend to get a little more creative about how they respond like okay we gotta get past here or we gotta get this treasure we gotta get this or that that's where i prefer the game to kind of lie at where funky things are being thought of and we're trying different stuff (laughs) (laughs) right so that's why i like to keep lethality in In the the game. game
0: in the game yes agree
1: Combat should be lethal. Combat shouldn't be like, "Hey, I'm just killing everything indiscriminately, and there's no repercussion." I'm not a fan of that, no. and that's not how life is. If you run out just killing stuff left and right, you're gonna have problems.
0: Well, sure, you're gonna have uh, you know unhappy family members tracking you down with bounty hunters. You're gonna have the local authorities, whatever else there may be. So.
1: There is that too, including, now we're getting into character death as a topic. For house rules, I think there are a few things I have recently picked up that I've been trying. Uh, One of them is when I'm rolling hit points for your characters when you're leveling up. I, I hate it when you're rolling and your hit points and you roll like a one.
0: You roll like a one. Yeah, exactly. So I think we've been following that house for a right where it's like you get max HP up to like level whatever, three or four or something like that.
1: Well, we we didn't do max HP in the CNC. Is what I, one of the things I've been doing is when you start to – because I do max HP to a point, like especially at the first right. level – But then I've been doing a lot of like, okay, I'll let you roll with advantage so you're not going to necessarily get the lowest roll. I prefer that folks roll their hit points, hit dice, and stuff like that in front of me because if I feel there's kind of this threshold, like if you're rolling a one or a two, I'm going to grab it and re-roll it for you and try to change
0: that. But if you do it with advantage, you get a second chance though, right?
1: Yeah, so doing it with advantage has been what I've been doing a lot lately for leveling up for hit points. I like that. I don't use a lot of the advantage mechanic because I'm not really a 5th edition player, but discovering its use in some of the games I've been picking up, like, yeah, this could be good here and there. I think for hit points, keeping your characters alive, I don't want, I, I while I do like lethality in the game, I'm not looking to kill the characters. Well,
0: no, not, not, not <laughs> deliberately killing. The lethality is to make sure they make good common sense decisions versus yes, trying yes. To, trying to just murder them for the sake of murdering them. So, yeah, so I was thinking in terms of lethality a little bit as well, too. So one of the how series I've done is for like magic users in the OSR systems. If we start a brand new game and everyone's at level one, I'll usually start the magic user at level two. So they don't instantly die.
1: (laughs) I will say that also those magic users got pretty powerful overall compared to the rest of the. Well, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Once they hit level
0: four, level five, they become.
1: yeah cold so, jake cold jake is a is a tank yeah, he, <laughs> he's, he's a
0: large cold tank but, but he
1: destroys things <laughs> yeah
0: so it could be in the future when i run my game i could be you know with magic use at least maybe we give them like two hit dice at level one versus one hit dice just so they don't die the moment they run into a <laughs> you know an army of rats <laughs>
1: Well, I, and I don't i i'm I have less of a problem of having a a low hit point type character and as a player, I've done quite a few. Um, I don't necessarily need my character to be a tank, especially considering I tend to try to avoid the fighting stuff a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> so, other things, I don't think every character is necessarily made to be taking hits. Uh, no, try, no. That idea of trying to keep your magic user safe is a very real thing for a reason. It's got its foundation in how the game works. Yeah,
0: keep for that sure. magic
1: user safe. I think that one of the most out, some of the most outlandish house rules I've done have been in the past. Like I took a, in, in a second edition AD and D campaign, and we made house rules for skills in it.
0: Um, for skills, the, okay. yeah.
1: We created a skill system that uses Calla
0: Cthulhu skills. Oh, got it. So this would be outside of your normal traditional class skill sets. So So.
1: AD&D doesn't have – well, it doesn't have – it does have some additional skill stuff you can add to it in certain books. It does. But it's inherently just got uh, class abilities. Right. So in this specific campaign, we were – it was involving a school. So what we said was, okay, we're going to create a skill system – that I liked, so we stuck with the Call of Cthulhu skill system and just attached it on there. Yeah. Essentially, it was a strip. I mean, that kind of made it very similar to a Palladium role playing game without the opposed roles and a lot. Now, way.
0: did you use a like a like a base 18 system, or you do a D100 like Call of Cthulhu? Then, no, we
1: did, we did, we did the Call of Cthulhu system, D100. D100, oh, then okay, the skills were percentile and the skill advancement worked the same. Where you uh, have yeah, to if roll... You,
0: if you use it and you succeed, you got to roll under to advance or... No, yes. you, you got to roll over to advance your skill. Yes,
1: yeah, so if you use it in that... Like, you roll under yep. to succeed. Now, after the end of the game, if you use that, you have to roll over. over to advance successfully it. successfully roll over, you add a D10. I think we may have actually used a D6 or something instead of a D10, but I can't recall. It's been quiet a long yeah, time. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I mean, I... Well, you are where I, I I love having multiple skill sets within a traditional class as well too, so I think that's a great addition to the game.
1: I'm I'm not always that thrilled with it. It depends on the game I'm playing. I'm not 100% opposed to skills in a game. Um I do think that with a class-based system like D&D, dungeon delving and stuff like that, it's not my favorite thing to throw in there. I think when the, I put it in that specific campaign is because it kind of fit what we were doing in the campaign being that these characters were actively acquiring skills sure they were learning a part
0: of it yeah they were learning that's that's part of the adventure if you're in the school or library you're learning
1: (laughs) yes so that was kind of why that was attached there and i normally wouldn't have done that but it worked um I'm. I like when it comes to skill systems. I prefer a percentage basis.
0: Yeah, percentage base is very clear in terms of are you an expert or an amateur. <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, when I played Rifts recently, my last Rifts campaign, I actually altered the Rifts rules and used House rules there to emulate the Call of Cthulhu advancement because I like that level advancement yeah, it, <laughs> or that it, percentage advancement. It,
0: it makes sense. It's logical. So. Now, have you been in any games where there's too much homebrewing going on, where it got in the way of the game and how I, it ran and such?
1: I don't think so, unless I ran one that way and, and someone else had that opinion of it. Um, but I can't think of one way. There's so many homebrew rules here. I've normally found that most of the time people are doing so just to keep the game running. Games are very organic. It's a It's a very social thing it, it's our interaction making this happen and quick judgment calls so a lot of times things I don't think would fall under house rules by most people's minds but probably are <laughs>
0: well yeah yeah that, that's true I guess the like you said the judgment calls for the situation which I guess would translate to house rules because you're not going by the traditional core book yeah rules as they're laid out so it would be considered a you know house or homebrew type of rule
1: I think house rules, I would venture to say, and this is a completely uneducated, uninformed thing, I would say that house ruling things is probably the most common way to play any role playing
0: game. Oh, <laughs> well, sure. You want, like you said, you want the game to move smooth, quick, logical. <laughs> you know,
1: if you're not, you're probably spending too much time looking stuff up in a book, and you should probably just put that aside for now. Look for those answers. In between sessions and come back and say, hey, we did it this way last time. This is what the book says. And I like that. We're going to try to do this.
0: Yeah. So how about for, like, say, uh, critical hits for, like, not 20 hits?
1: I usually do a critical. And so, like, that's the one thing that's a house rule thing. Like, like, like critical hits and critical failures at a D, uh, a one on a 20 or a 20 on a 20, usually results in something like that. My house rule for critical hits at a 20 is that you get what I call half max plus (laughs) 1.5x. Yeah, so you roll the dice once plus you get a full max dice is an option for you. You can choose to do that amount. So you get your damage bonus. You get a full roll. I can say you have a d8 for damage. You get a full 8 plus your damage bonus and you still get to roll your d8 for damage dice. And You can also choose to do as much damage as you want, less than that. If you want to do one point of damage, okay. Because you did so well, you critted, you have control of that situation. Control
0: of the shot, yep.
1: Is the idea behind that. So if you don't really want to kill them, you're trying to do whatever, then you have that option to say, oh, I didn't actually do damage. I just managed to disarm them. So I give a lot of liberty to (laughs) what the... Yeah, when you roll a 20, it's a lot of liberty and you can do... One of the things I hate is when you roll the damage after doing good, you roll a one, it's like, oh, well, that sucks. If you roll two eight-sided dice, you roll two ones. Oh, that sucks. I dig- So that's why I do the half-max damage thing that right. I do. <laughs> no.
0: Makes sense. And I know that um, we always enjoy critical fumbles as well, too. And some games do have critical fumble tables, like DCC and Hyperborea. And then uh, I think other games I've bought, like, critical fumble card decks do you have a crit fumble deck
1: i got a crit fumble and a crit uh uh, the other uh, a natural 20 deck for uh pathfinder first edition paizos i have have the five e one i think i do not have those ones but we're coming we're coming way up on time we're gonna we're gonna do this (laughs) luckily it's a daily podcast do you have any other uh, house rules you want to drop before we sign off uh, nope, nope, nope. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Crom. We're on Patreon. We could really support Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.
0: Roll them with whatever rules you want to play with.